thanks to viewers like you and sassygamers.com. Bar Rock Cafe can exist, I guess. So, like, you can find links to Sassy Gamers, our Patreon, and social media stuff in the show notes. Just click. Thanks. Previously on Bar Rock Cafe, the party found their stuff and defeated the last of the goblins. To cap it all off, Epi knocked Roll unconscious, turning him back into Brock. Now they're headed home with the spoils of their adventure. Will they finally have enough money to rebuild the Bar Rock? Find out today on Bar Rock Cafe. Welcome back to episode 21 of Bard Rock Cafe. We are on episode 21. Wow. So last time, the party managed to escape the, the goblins who had captured them. And as we faded away, they were heading back to Waterdeep with a wagon full of crates of healing potions and whatever else they wanted to grab. Astro is with them. They have all their stuff back. And before long, unless anybody has something they want to do on the road, they arrive back at Waterdeep. What do you guys do? I want to go report in and collect the prize. I, I second that. Astro kind of nods and says, Alright, so we're going to do that. But first I got to make a real quick side stop to, to Felix. So we're going to swing by him. Then we're going to go to the castle and... and let them know we got all this stuff. To be fair, Astro, the reason I wanted to collect the reward first was because I wanted to then pay Felix the money I owe him from the reward. But if you think we should stop first, I'm sure I can just see Felix twice. Alright. He might come with us. You never know. It's Felix. Yeah, you never know with Felix. Yes, you never know. And you see Felix, like, sitting on a crate in the back of the cart. I see you've finally returned. Where were you? I don't remember. You don't remember where you were? I was unconscious-ish. Heavy on the ish. Uh, Epi kind of sits up. He's been dozing most of the way back. So, Felix, have you have you considered getting a belt? I wore one one time. It completely went against my entire aesthetic. So, no. Absolutely not. Understandable. Understandable. Be like me wearing pink. Yeah, so we found the crates. Gonna go get the reward money. There was a lot of little tiny goblins, and they stole all of our shit. We brought it back. Also, word to the wise. Don't mess with Armbar or his alpacas. It was rather fun to watch, not gonna lie. Oh yeah, hey Armbar. Would you like to introduce Minibar? I think that Minibar can introduce himself. Hey there, Felix. My name's Minibar. <laughs> How you doing? Oh my. You are just... everything I didn't know I needed in my life. Well, that's a weird way to introduce yourself. Coming from you, I'll take that as a compliment. How did you come to be, Minibar? Well... One day I just woke up, and there I was next to the armbar. Don't know how it came to be. Shot in the dark? Wild magic? Huh? Whatever that is, maybe. 
Felix kind of looks back to regular Armbar and says, well, congratulations on fatherhood? <laughs> <laughs> He's like a little scamp to me. I'll raise him right. A real chip off the old block. He's a better arm wrestler than me, that's for sure. Gonna be a good contender for the heavyweight championship. Felix kind of looks down at Minibar. It's like, right. Well, welcome to the family, Minibar. I hope we have lots of prosperous interactions in the future. Uh, Astro. <laughs> yep, I see the resemblance. Uh, and Astro kind of turns around. Yeah, boss, what's up? I don't suppose you have... Yeah, right there. It's actually the one you're sitting on. Oh, well, that's lucky. Well, everyone, I will take this crate, and I will see the rest of you after you get the reward money, and we can work out the rest of the Bard Rock's bill. Why don't we rendezvous at the Bard Rock after we collect the reward money? Because I have business to take care of at home as well. It sounds like a great idea. I've been meaning to check up on it myself. So, I will see you there. What's in that crate? Things. And stuff. Do I remember what was in that crate? Uh, roll an intelligence check. Okay, we're gonna let the one that rolled a nat one have another go at it. That goes in dice jail forever. So, uh, let's see. My intelligence modifier. Well, I rolled a four plus a six for a ten. Nope. Oh, well. So what you see is that Felix just kind of reaches into his bag of holding. He pulls out a little onyx figurine, tosses it on the ground, and it turns into... It looks like a panther made entirely out of, like, starlight and the night sky. Well, now that's a high-dollar item you got there. I know. And then he hops on the panther's back and pulls the crate along with him onto the panther's back. The panther does not seem bothered by all the weight that is on its back. He says, I'll see you soon. And they go just invisible. Just like that. They're gone. Rook is mumbling to herself. She's like, he does this all the time. You hear her faintly saying. It does. He really does. Yeah, you get used to it. Uh, I suppose this does explain why he was able to bugger off so quickly after our dealings. I prefer not to ask questions, honestly. No questions is actually part of our agreement, I'm pretty sure. No more questions! Not our agreement! Why didn't you say so, boss? Confusing me. You know I'm easily confused. I know, champ. I know. I pat him on the shoulder. Give me a break. Ugh. I'd like to roll to investigation to find a Kit Kat bar. 
Find what now? He said, give me a break, so I'm going to try and see if I have a Kit Kat bar on me. <laughs> okay. Is that okay to roll, or are we just going to say that was a joke and be done with it? <laughs> Go ahead and roll with the understanding that I have no clue what to do with a really high roll. Well, it was a six plus one, so. You get a lie, T. <laughs> no Kit Kat bars that you can find. That's understandable. Yeah. Now, maybe if Kit Kat sponsored us. <laughs> never mind. Carry on. <laughs> Get all the Kit Kats we'd ever want. And Minibar would grow into a great boy. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say Minibar mini gets to have a Mini Kit Mini Kats. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, give me a break. <laughs> oh, man. It's all gone full circle. Some mileage out of that. <laughs> So Astro is guiding the cart towards the, the castle to where the the bounty office is. Somebody go ahead and give me a D100 roll real quick. 48. Okay. As you're rolling along, um, you see kind of just life going on as usual. Uh... You're going through kind of the very poorly patrolled, very poorly policed North District. Like, beyond the Nobility's District, there's this kind of lawless no-man's land. Give me a second to pull up on the map, and I'll tell you exactly what this ward is called. The Field Ward is where you are right now. So you just came in through the North Gate... Going down kind of this main thoroughfare, and you see this guy standing at a street corner. He looks really tough, and he's talking to this kind of scrawny guy. They seem really invested in their conversation. The scrawny guy seems kind of like fidgety a little bit, uh, but you just keep rolling on. Unless you want to interact. Can I roll perception to see if I can overhear their conversation? Sure. That is a nat one. You know the drill. Oh no. Uh, double zero and eight do it, is eight, do it. right? Yes. What's the other one? 59. So above your head... Oh no. <laughs> specifically just above you and everyone within five feet of you which is everyone on the cart there is a dark cloud that is constantly raining huh just over you must be Tuesday I pull my cloak over <laughs> which the fact that you are also still blue the the two people that are talking kind of stop and they just look at you as you're going by like, huh? What you never you never seen a wild magic sorcerer before? They don't they don't respond. They just kind of watch in silence and just a little like there's you know the look right? Like what am I looking at? Right? 
And like the the scrawnier guy kind of when you call out like that, just kind of looks away and is, you know, trying to not be rude. The brawny guy just does not care. He's just watching with a mix of amusement and curiosity. But he doesn't say what anything. the hell are you looking at, you hunky book? That's what Armbar yells at the guy. Okay, so he turns. Ah, uh, because it's Armbar. Roll intimidation. Seven. Looking at a couple of little shits that don't know where they're at. Won't you come over here and tell me that to straighten my face, you punk? Why don't you get off your cart and come tell me to my face? Why would I do that when I, I'm over here? So he kind of gives you the finger and then goes back to talking to the guy he was talking yeah, to. Yeah, you before. ain't shit going anywhere away. I use Mage Hand Shit. to have a hand appear behind the guy. I tap him on the shoulder or something to do that thing where like, you try to get him to turn around and face the other way. Sure. Uh, he turns around. And we're already gone. Fully thinking it's armbar. Okay. And then when he Got turns you. around, I'm going to flip him off. Sure. You get the sense that he is taking... He is committing your face to memory. Would it be at all possible to hold up Many Bar so that Many Bar can flip them <laughs> off too? <laughs> yes, you can. And I'm gonna yell out, "No, this is the little shit." <laughs> How much does Mini Bar weigh? <laughs> oh my god, I forgot. So, oh god, <laughs> Mini Bar somewhere between half and three quarters of what you no. weigh. So, like. Still okay. a lot. I'll roll for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, of all the th Okay, so. So. Yes? You you realize my, my score is a negative two, right? <laughs> yep. I rolled a 20. Oh my god. Okay. To lift minibar to flip this man off. Okay, so you rolled a nat 20, yeah? Yeah. So roll 2d100, and you su you successfully lift minibar. And I want to see what else happens before I tell you. 25 and 48. Hang on. Okay. I'm going to let you choose, because a nat 20 is the better of two options. One of these is definitely good. The other is definitely entertaining. Which one would you prefer? You know what? It's a podcast. Let's do entertaining. Make a wisdom saving throw. Oh my god, okay. You know what, you know what, we're using we're using ketchup dice for wisdom level. As you do. <laughs> so that's a 5 plus 4 for a whopping 9. Okay. So, you say this is the little shit, and then you feel this wave of magical compulsion come over you. For the next minute... You are hysterically laughing. Like <laughs> cackling. Like that. <laughs> that yes, that exact laugh for a minute. Epi, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> just that on loop. <laughs> yes. Like just cackling, howling, laughing. Can't stop yourself. 
I mean, just like, <laughs> can I get it? Because he's small. Because he's, he's a little shit. Jeepers! <laughs> I can't believe I can lift him. Yeah, you, you are doing this as you are holding Minibar in the air. You're just <laughs> maniacally laughing. As you're holding him up like Rafiki holding up Simba in the <laughs> Jeepers, Happy, it's not that funny. <laughs> I don't know. I think that was one of my better ones. <laughs> Alright, well, put me down! Give me a wedgie. <laughs> I didn't even know I wore wool underwear. <laughs> and that just carries on for a while. So, between all of this. There's no stealth happening right now. <laughs> you guys are as conspicuous as you can Sounds be. Sounds like us. But also, like, nobody's really approaching you. It's more just all eyes on you, you know? Right. Where that like, kind of, like, stand out that makes you really unapproachable, like the guy with, like, the shopping cart and the tinfoil hat, where no one wants to get involved... Yeah, right. Or, like, the really angry mom in Walmart with a flip-flop. Like, you just... Everybody's watching, but nobody wants to say anything. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyway. So after a minute, you're able to stop laughing, and you catch your breath. And, like, you're you're in pain, right? Like, your sides hurt, having to catch your breath, but you're fine. Epi just kind of slouches into his seat. Ow. I've used up all my magic for today. My sides hurt. Hey, hey, Astro, how close are we? I really, really want to go to bed. Ah, uh, I mean, we got a little ways to go. We're, you know, we're up in the North Ward, and we're going to the Castle Ward. That's like halfway through Waterdeep, so we might get comfy. Because, you know, we're on the streets, and I don't feel like getting pulled over, so we're not going to speed. We're where? We're, we're on the high road right now, right? See the street sign right there? It says the high road. Yeah, that's us. Epi just sort of looks around and pulls his cloak over his head and just sort of like, you know what, I, I, think, I think I am going to go take a nap and just kind of curls into the corner and sort of tucks into his cloak a little. So Brock realizes this is where he and presumably also Giuseppe grew up, so can I roll perception to see if there's anybody I know, know since this is literally my hometown part of Waterdeep? Sure. Using the green dice this time. 17 plus perception, I get a plus 2, so 19. Okay. So, nobody from, like, noble circles that you know but you do recognize, like, on the street corner, there is a street performer that is dressed up in mock uh, guard attire, and he is singing like a satirical rendition of... Basically, he's mocking the guard, but in, like, not in a disrespectful way, but more like like how my Ponthon makes fun of the British government kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Hey, I went to college with that guy. 
Yeah. And he's one of those guys, like, you've seen him around. You've probably talked with him a few times. You don't actually remember his name at the moment. Like, it's, you just, you saw him around, you know? And he kind of waves at you and just kind of tilts his head, because he recognizes you, but your skin's blue. And he sees the cloud above your head. He's like, you're going to have to teach me that hustle later. Because you guys are rolling on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, stop by my place after it gets rebuilt. What? Barbara Cafe. It's my restaurant. It's uh, not standing right now, but give me a couple of weeks. Stop by and I'll show you how I did this. Sure. <laughs> so he kind of gives you a thumbs up as he's fading into the distance and you guys just keep on rolling. And it takes like because you're on a cart and you're not going fast, it takes about an hour, hour and a half to actually get to the center of town where the castle is. Do I still have a rain cloud? Uh, actually, after an hour, it does fade away. I use prestidigitation to dry my clothes. Sure. You think you could spare that for the rest of us? Oh, I actually assumed that I... I meant to say that Brock got off and followed the cart on foot so you all wouldn't get wet, but yeah, press the digitations all around. Nice. Astro has already prestidigitized himself before you get to him. But you guys are currently outside of Castle Waterdeep. There is a small basically a small little side office area. It's basically where like the bounties are posted. So the cart gets parked in front of that. And one of the guards comes up and approaches you and is like, what's this then? And I op- I pull out one of the crates of potions and hold it up and say, there was a bounty for some bandits that were stealing potions on the uh, roadway outside of town. Yeah, so he, you don't, he sees what's in the crate and you don't even get to finish. He's like, right, right, put the, put the lid back on. Uh, and he, like, he starts motioning to one of the other guards. So they, they knock on the door. And, like, very quickly, the door cracks open and it's like, what? And you see the, the kind of robed figure of a magister. And the guard that's by you says, uh, sir, come here, come quickly. So he kind of shuffles his way over there and he looks like he's in his mid-thirties. Like he's kind of a newer magister. He's like, yes, what's going on? These adventurers have brought crates of healing potions. You've brought crates of... How did you come by this? We took care of the bandit problem. In the uh, roads north of town. That's great news. Ah. Yes, come inside. Come inside. We need to record everything. Guards, get the crates into the back and check them, see how many healing potions we have and get them to where they're needed most right away. The guards are already just in motion. Astro kind of guides the cart around back as the four of you are shuffled inside. Hey, you guys got me flapjacks? I'm kind of getting hungry. <laughs> You're about to be very wealthy. You can afford as many pancakes as you would like. Oh, wonderful. All the pancakes I could eat. Near that mini bar? Oh, yeah. 
I at this point I actually pull out one of the meatball subs that fell on him and like here you go champ I have some food for you. Oh my god, split it with mini bar though. Only get halves. So the magister, while he is like shaking with excitement, does kind of stop and notice the state of you guys, right? Because there is arm bar and mini bar. Brock is blue. And then he kind of stops and kind of looks at Epi for a second. And there's like, he kind of looks a little harder, but he doesn't, he doesn't linger. But there's like this look of, I think I know this person, but I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> Does Epi notice this? I would say yeah. Do I recognize this person? Roll an intelligence check. Oh boy! I'm also curious if Rook recognizes this particular magister. Ooh. I don't know why yeah, I Rook. would, but... It's the magister I think they are, Rook has also met them. Oh. Rook, go ahead and roll an intelligence check. Sure. Okay. 14 total. 12 plus 2. I rolled a 14, but my modifier is a 6, so that's a dirty 20. Nice. Okay. Effie went to school with this individual. Oh, shit. Rook, with a 14, I will say you're at least confident you've never seen this person before. Sounds legit. Not the magister I thought it was. So. Nope. But he brings you in, and he basically takes out a large book and asks for a, an account of everything that happened, where you were, what you found... Is there any more? Just all of it. All right, so Brock only kind of remembers what happened, but he does clarify that it was an abandoned Temple of Helm, and that we left the loot there, and that basically where we can find it, because he was awake for that part, but he lets the others fill in what actually happened in our fight there, because he doesn't remember that part so good. Okay. Do you all give a full account? Do you add anything or keep anything back? As uh, Armbar is eating his meatball sub, we kicked some names and took some ass. What um, my friend here means is we got rid of some goblins. They were the ones taking our stuff. Goblins? Were the bandits? Yes, they uh, had some they had like some poison that knocked us unconscious. They took us prisoner. I remember that part. I see. Is there any more of this poison there? No. Yeah, it looked like their supply had been run had run out around when they captured us. I think they used their last doses to dose us. I see. Well, fortunate at least that you made it out, that you dealt with the problem. Well, you have taken care of several of our bounties at once. You have found the healing potions that we needed, that we have been missing, and you dealt with the bandits altogether. Together, that brings us to, I believe, 4,000 gold in bounties that you are owed. And he actually turns around and fiddles with a, a safe that he has behind the counter and pulls out three very heavy pouches of coin, and you hear the clinking as, it, as he sets them on the table. 
I leave it up to you to deal with how you distribute it, but this is all yours. Uh, one of the guards comes in and basically lets him know, hey, this is the contents of the crates, this is how many potions per crate, you know, starts giving him a list of what they we have. We only took what we could get back on the cart with us. There are more healing potions at that abandoned Temple of Helm I put on your map. I see. Uh, and Astro comes in and gives him, like, details about how many crates, mentions that there's, like, other stuff, like the potions of growth and diminution. Yeah, and a bunch of other stolen stuff, like, we have, we have no idea. We hope the guards are better able to get stuff back to its rightful owners. Uh, yes, we will get to organizing some retrieval runs immediately. We do have a record of this outpost, but we thought it was in disuse. Yes, we'll get on that right away. Thank you all so much. I, I have so much work to do. Is there anything else you need from me right now? I'm good, personally. No, nope. I remember his name. You do? Because you had a 20, right? Mm-hmm. His name is Sean. Not the same Sean. There's legitimately a second NPC named Sean. Now this is Sean with a U. <laughs> Sean U. Okay. Oh. And he was just another student. Like, you chatted a few times. You were in the same classes. Uh, he probably recognizes you, but he hasn't placed you, and from what you can gather, you know, this is kind of a bigger deal than catching up at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, alright. Okay. Uh, wonderful. I will inform the Blackstaff and the Temple Heads as quickly as possible. Uh, thank you and good day. And he kind of motions for the door because he's now very quickly ordering around guards and telling them what they need to do and writing up notes for people. Uh, you see him summon a unseen servant to also write a note with him. He's very busy. We take the money and run. Not literally run, we just get out of there with our money. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Epi kind of leaves his cloak over his head. Doesn't do too much, but makes him feel better. And then we go to the Bard Rock to pay Felix, I assume. Yeah. I'm good with that. Okay. So, from here to the Bard Rock, not. It's not a long run. So, you guys make it there without any issue. Uh. You see Felix waiting out in front of the Bard Rock, what's left of it. He sees you approaching, kind of waves you down. Alright, so while we were traveling there, Brock divided it up, and here's the rest of the money I owe you, and I hand him two sacks of coins, and I keep the remain all the remainder for us to divide amongst ourselves. Okay. So, uh, as you guys come up to Felix. Uh, he does have a pouch of coin that he hands to Astro. Uh, they share some quick words after which Astro takes his cart and leaves. And Felix approaches all of you and says, well, did you get what you came for? Yes. Oh, wonderful. Uh, before we get too far into this discussion, I feel like 
you're due for a bit of a bonus. Uh, Astro has been a cohort of mine for a long time. He's very reliable, and I was very concerned when you disappeared. So having him back and helping him bring me what I needed, I'm going to take 500 gold off of the bill that you owe me. Thank you. Hey, you might be able to afford some actual ale for the place now. I actually had thoughts about that. That'll be after, uh, the reason I wanted to meet here is I actually want to go inside the obelisk again. And I can't do that without the rest of you. Oh, alright. Felix, would you like to come along? To the obelisk? To inside the obelisk. I suppose... Alright, so I walk us down to the basement and I direct everybody to put their hand on the obelisk. Felix follows your instruction, and he's kind of giving you the side-eye for a minute. He seems curious but hesitant, right? He's not used to not knowing what's going on. I'm saying the rest of us probably put our hands on it, too. Does Vinny part? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll put, I'll put my hand on the obelisk. Okay. Rook puts her hand on the obelisk and looks at the arm, the very arm that was metal some time ago. <laughs> she looks at it with remorse. I kind of look at it. That was a pretty badass arm there for a little bit. Rook sighs. Yeah, it was the most metal thing Rook's ever done. I know, like, Badoom. he's still blue. And you don't get to keep your metal arm. That just doesn't seem it's, fair. It's right? extremely not fair. <laughs> We had some good times. So as you all put your hand on the obelisk, you gain the tongue's ability for the next hour. So you all speak and understand all languages. And you are sucked into that massive, sprawling library that was there before. You are inside the obelisk. And I immediately shout out to it, uh, Tablet of Fate. Uh, I came to my attention that there might be another Tablet of Fate. Do you know where it landed? I'm hoping it'll do the thingy where it like sends me over to a book that tells me the information I need. So, the library does kind of shift and turn in on itself, and you get the sense of, like, you're traveling, but it's, it's different from before, right? So before, it was like you were walking there, but it was going very, very fast. Here, it's like you're... It's like you're all on a conveyor belt, but you're walking at an angle across several conveyor belts that are flowing in one direction. So there's a strong sense of vertigo that goes with it. But you find yourself in front of a very broken and shadowy portion of the library. There are cracked floors, bookshelves with black mold growing on them. There are ruined books, and there is a pedestal with a very thick, bound tome in the center. Not the same tome we saw before, but a similar tome. Similar, yes. Alright, Brock approaches the book, opens it, and tries to find the spot that would be roughly when it would have came crashing to Earth, roughly the same day that the obelisk hit the Bard Rock. Okay. So as you pick the book up, it's you get a kind of a feedback loop from that 
rune that's on your chest. Uh, and there's this wave of nausea that just hits you. And as you're cracking open the book, like, it looks ancient, and like, the pages are rotting and falling apart. And they do flip to the page that you're trying to find. You're not able... It's strange. You're not really able to read it, even though you have the Tumf ability. Instead, you kind of get, like, flashes of something. And you see snow-capped mountains, uh, strong blizzards, you get the sense of overwhelming cold. Uh, and you see, like, a smoking crater in the side of one of the mountains. And then you get a flash of frost giants and massive white wolves. And then you get a look at a an older kind of haunting looking woman walking over to the crater and talking to the frost giants. And she is not a giant. But the frost giants seem to defer to her. And you also get the sense that this is not somewhere you're familiar with. And as you're trying to focus through it, and trying to focus where is it, you get the sense it is on another plane. It did not come to Faerun. And then you kind of inadvertently are snapped out of this vision as you drop the book and immediately just start vomiting on the ground. What the rest of you see as Brock reads this book, his eyes go black and you see the kind of shadows and the black mold that are growing on the bookshelves kind of seem to congeal around Brock while he's reading the book. Abby sort of holds his book closer to him and takes a step back and it's just like, waits a minute, how long is Brock reading this book? So for, it's about like 15 to 30 uncomfortable seconds. And then the rune on his chest flashes, the shadows and the, the mold scatters, and that's when he drops the book and throws up on the floor. Boost! Boost! You gay! Man, like rubbing on his back, mini bars like rubbing his leg. That was incredibly unpleasant. It was kind of like a bad trip from college, but times ten. Well, you're covered in black mold, and that's generally not good for the hell? Um, the bright side, I sort of know where it is. Uh, problem, I don't think it's in our plane. I think it landed on a different plane. Oh, that's lovely. Which plane? Please tell it Was it on fire? It was, tell me it was. It was fire. ice. And it was like, if I didn't know for sure, if I didn't get that feeling it was on a different plane, I honestly would have thought it was never winter. But it's like somewhere snowy and mountainous and there's frost giants and wolves and Here's I can tell a hag. Lovely. Rook is most excited about the hag. But I think in order to go there, we would need to find some means of interplanar travel, which... Speaking above my paid rate, that's for sure. I kind of look at Felix. You know everyone. 
Does anybody need your revived? I mean, at the moment, I don't know if anybody can. We could trade that for some sort of planar trip, maybe. Also, welcome to the library. Uh, slight problem with vertigo. Just sort of try and keep your your uh, <clears throat> lunch down. Ah, this is all a lot. I'm very uncomfortable here. So, you say it's another plane and that there was a lot of ice. Yep. Well, there's a few options that I can think of off the top of my head. There's Stygia, which is the fifth layer of the Nine Hells, which is just ice. There is the Winter Courts in the Feywild. There is the North Pole in the Water Plane. And then there's a few layers of the Abyss that have ice as well. None of them are particularly pleasant. But if we can figure out which plane it was, I can find someone to take us there. Take you there, I'm not... <laughs> Understandable. Yes, I'm certain a revival would help greatly in that negotiation. I might need to take a nap first. When Brock was flipping through the book, did he see anything before they came crashing down? Any, any insight into the cause of the Tablets of Fate falling down in the first place? Roll... Man. Obviously, I wasn't... Yeah, so I, was I wasn't looking the, for it, but like it would have been the couple pages I, before I got there, so did I catch a glimpse? Right. So, you're very... You have a very powerful presence, right? Your charisma and your... You kind of command the room when you're there, right? So as you were reading and you're kind of experiencing this other obelisk crashing to the side of the mountain, roll me a charisma check. That is a 14 plus 4 is 18. Okay. With that, I will give you that you definitely got the same sense from this obelisk as you got from the one that you're currently inside of which is that kind of divine presence. But then there was also something underneath that that seemed afraid. Like it was also in there with you. Brock's not sure what to do with that. Uh, do we have time for Brock to do one more thing before they go home? Assuming no one else has business inside of the magic library. Well... I kind of want to write something in my book. Okay. I'm going to write, Mortimer, we found the book for the Tablets of Fate. Do you want me to look for anything? So the writing kind of fades into the page. And there is a long pause. As you get the sense that Mortimer is thinking about the response. And then Mortimer responds with that flowing handwriting that he always has. Says, take a look at what Brock saw so that you can tell me. And then turn to the last page. Alright. Alright. And I kind of put the book away and I walk up. I'm like, I look at Brock. I'm like, I want to see for myself whatever just happened there. I reach out to the book and <laughs> I, I I do as I am instructed. 
and look for what Brock saw, and then I'm going to flip to the last page. Wait, our magic doesn't work in here, right? It does not. Magic items still seem to function sort of. Like, the book is something unique. You're welcome to try certain things if you would like. I was thinking of casting Enhance Ability on Epi so that they could have better constitution so they don't do what I did. That wouldn't work, I'm guessing, so. Are you trying? Sure, I try to cast Enhance Ability and give the constitution buff. It's... It fails, but roll me an Insight check. That is 17 plus... I have plus zero to insight, but I have uh, pr- that bardic proficiency thing, so plus one, 18. Okay. So, the sense that you get is that it is the obelisk itself preventing things from working. You're not sure why, and you're not sure what the motivation would be there. But that is what's happening. Epi. Yeah. So... At first, you experience the same thing that Brock just experienced. So that whole description, you see it. And Brock, you watch what happened to you happen to Epi. Uh, the shadows coalesce around Epi. His eyes turn just sheet black. Uh, and then again, rune on his chest flashes. Everything scatters. Epi drops the book. And Epi, you immediately throw up. No save, it just... Okay, so I kind of puke and I'm just like, swallow it down and I'm just like, well, that's fun. But you know, hold on, hold on. One second. I'm just like, I'm determined at this point. I need to know what's on that last page. And I, as gently as I can with this old book, flip to its last page. I'm going to try either way. I need you to make a death saving Oh, damn. Oh, God! What do I roll for that? Just a d20. Okay. Okay. Well, this is gonna be fun. Okay, well, that's a 17. Okay. So, I'm not dead. The flash that you get is you're watching just a wall of blackness encircling water. And there's, you get the sense that there is just impending doom inside that doom. cloud, and you are... What? Doom. <laughs> doom! Surprised no one did an Invader Zen thing. <laughs> I'm gonna sing the Doom song now. <laughs> we throw off his groove. <laughs> okay, so impending death. I am not dead yet. Right. <laughs> you are watching. Yes, you are watching Doom. You see. So the gigantic statues that are all scattered across Waterdeep, they are all moving, and they seem to be trying to hold back the darkness. You see the Black Staff herself 
holding up what seems to be a barrier, along with it is just a scattering of creatures. Like, you see fairies and demons and angels all kind of, like, hiding out in Waterdeep. And they are all trying to, like, hold back this darkness, and it's just creeping forward. Would you like to keep watching? Yep. Well, what that say? Oh, boy. Okay, okay, that one was a two. Okay, that's one fail. Uh, what all of you are seeing, uh, you're watching the rune on Epi's chest fade as the shadows are, like, chewing away at Epi. Uh, Epi, as you continue to watch, you see these forms emerge from the darkness. Uh, they are shadowy, and for whatever reason in this vision, you can't see what they are. But there is a a contingent of Waterdeep soldiers charging them. And one of them waves its, its hand, and the soldiers just cease to exist. Like, they are just washed away. And, like, not just them, but, like, the cobblestone road that they're standing on and part of the building to the side, there's... they're just gone. Um, you watch as the darkness swallows up a couple of the giant statues. Uh, there's a group of fairies that is fighting with magic and swords and colorful bursts of power and they hold out for a little while but you get the sense that they're about to lose and in the middle of them you see Rook. Would you like to keep watching? I gotta know if Rook's okay. I'll roll another one. Roll a death save. That was an eight. Okay, that's two fails. It's fine. I want to see what happens to Rook. Yep. You are snap you are snapped away from that vision. You see standing beside just a menagerie creatures and warriors uh, Roland Armbar and Minibar and like drow and dwarves and just a bunch of warriors charging into the fray. One of them tries to swipe and wipe them from existence and you see Armbar just block it. And they crash into these enemies. Would you like to keep watching? Brock sees this and tries pulling Epi away from the book. Okay. You pull Epi away from the book? I'm gonna try. Okay. You try to grab Epi, and you feel that same force that you felt before. The rune on your chest flashes. Roll a charisma check. That is 15 plus 4, 19. Okay. So, you are able to power through whatever this darkness is, and you tear Epi away from the book. And the minute Epi is no longer holding on to the book, uh, the rune flares back to life, flashes, and the shadows scatter. Epi. Yeah! You're at zero hit points and two death fails, and one success. Okay! Okay! Epi is out cold. Rock tries casting healing word. Uh, it does succeed this time. I rolled a four. Plus four. Okay. 
Yay, Does wild magic happen? Epi just kind of. It does not. Doesn't happen. It happens around the obelisk, but not in the obelisk. Good to know. Yeah, you are in the obelisk's domain right now. So, hang on. Let me let me write that down. Hang on. While Epi's telling their book that Brock has something that he wanted to do before the obelisk evicts us again. Oh no, I meant physically, like, right now, I like, give me a second, I'm literally like, writing this down in my little pink binder. <laughs> uh, anyway, the thing Brock wanted to do was go to his own book. Yeah, I want to specifically look at the day where Brock won the bard off, and see what Malil did in response to his request. Gotcha. Okay, so, you kind of go off on your own. Right? So you're no longer with the group. You're with your book. As you're reading it, you go to that page, it flips to it. Um, so the above game answer is Malil gave you plus 10 to your performance. Yeah. Right? In game, what you sense and what you read is that as part of the threads of fate that this tablet is in charge of, it bypassed whatever is happening right now and allowed you to connect with your god when something else was holding that back. So that was all Malia was able to do in that moment? Yes, because it was just a flash of contact. Okay. That was allowed by this twist of fate. And that confirms what Brock had been afraid of, was that Malia wasn't able to help anymore. Unless fate goes a certain way again. Yes. Alright, that's all I have. Does anyone else have anything, or can we let our friend the Tablet of Fate go back to sleep? Heavy kind of hacks up a lung and sits upright. He looks a little dazed. Kind of looks at Rook and Armbar. Kind of looks over at Brock. I, I think I'm done with that book for today. Was it worth it? Epi kind of pauses for a second. Yes. Uh, thank you for pulling me out of it, though. And I just grab Epi and shake him and go, Don't do that again! Uh, I, I make no promises. Uh, I feel like I was really close to something important. We're too close to being away, Hans. Can't do it again. Pinky promise minibar. Abby kind of, you know, does the hand to chest thing, like, <gasps> now, now hold on there. That's that is a very serious promise. Look at minibar's eyes. You see minibar giving you the puppy dog eyes <laughs> with his pinky extended. <laughs> you don't want to give me a pinky promise, Epi? Huh, you punk? Are you too good for Minibar? <laughs> Minibar not good enough for you? <laughs> Epi just kind of <laughs> looks at him and he's just like... He holds out his pinky. says, I promise I'm never too good for you. Alright, then that settles it. <sighs> I am going to have so much to write down tonight. <laughs> So, as you're all recuperating 
you get the sense that you've actually drained some of the energy from the obelisk itself. And you watch around this central pedestal as, like, more cracks seem to form and deepen. Uh, and another wave of nausea hits all of you. You don't throw up anymore, but... And you are ejected from the obelisk. As you are ejected, you watch as, like, pieces of the obelisk crack and fall off of the side as the damage worsens. Uh, maybe we shouldn't go back in there for a while. Yeah, I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't important. I was sure that because it's the obelisk that tells the past, it could tell me where its brother was, or sister, its counterpart. I was confident that we need to find it in order to help it, I think. Unless we know, we know some other way to heal a tablet of fate. Nah, makes sense. So, I agree we shouldn't go in there again. I wouldn't even have done it if I didn't think it was important to do it this time. No, no, I think it was important. Remind me again. The last page of a book of fate. That's when everything ends, right? The way Roshi explained it to us, I understand that the last page on the books in this book, in this tablet, are the last things it knows that are going that have happened. But I don't know if the book for the other tablet of fate would be different. Which is kind of nods. I think we need to find that other tablet. This kind of staggers along. Now, can your book, if you describe what you saw to your book, can your book provide a better guess what plane we should start looking in? I will certainly give it a try. He's gonna, you know, hold Mortimer up and say, so the minute I can sit down, maybe sleep a little bit, I will get to writing. You tell that to Mortimer? I tell that to everybody while holding Mortimer. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> you know, Rook is curious why Felix was so weird about this obelisk. It was, he didn't behave in his usual exuberant way. So I'm going to take a quick check and just ask Felix. You alright? I am... unsettled. Unsettled? By something as fancy as this? Fancy I can live with. That was... a tablet of fates. The last time those were not on Mount Celestia, bad things were happening. And here we are again. And that was not the best experience... Either. Don't worry, you can have him press to digitize some lies of tea. That'll make you feel better. You know, I do know how to make tea the old-fashioned way, too, Epi. I'll believe it when I see it. I've done it in front of you before. How can I know? I'm reassured that you're feeling like yourself again. Well, I'm... I am feeling better. I, I very much want a nap, though. Well, I will leave you to it. Uh, I'm going to go ask some questions of my own. Right. Oh, while I'm thinking about it. So, in addition to bribing someone with Revivify to let us go to a different plane, if you have any work, 
diamonds aren't always in copious supply, and it has been a while. You know, Felix, if there's anything I can get to help us get onto a different plane, you know who to ask, right? Oh, of course. Thanks. I think the problem in this case is in order to get to another plane, you need something from that plane. Uh So I have to ask some questions. Give me some time and I'll see what I can find. And he seems to be regaining a bit of his composure and a bit of that swagger that you're used to having. Like, this is back in his element, right? He's got something to find, and he's got a goal. Alright, Felix. Nice to see the color get back into your face. Oh, you can't keep me down for long. Ah. Get to feeling better. Work on the Bard Rock should start. Maybe as soon as the end of the week. I'll get quotes and see who can do it. And quickest. Brock actually pulls in, reaches into his uh, pockets and pulls out a scroll. He actually has specifications for Felix to give to the construction team. Uh, Felix peeks at the scroll real quick and kind of he sees what it is and he's like, "Ah, I will take a closer look at this later, and then I will pass it along to the construction." Yeah, those guys, the construction workers, and the contractors. So. If there's nothing else, I'll be seeing you. And he kind of looks around, and like, there's a moment of disappointment. And then he walks up the stairs and out the door. What was that look about? Roll an insight check. Anybody who wants to. I'm gonna do it. it. That's a two. Dirty 21. 12. So, Rook and Epic. It strikes you that he was kind of off-kilter coming out of the obelisk. And you get the sense he was looking for a window to jump out of. But mm. you're in the basement. Oh. <laughs> oh. Can't always get you what you what? want. You can't always get what you want. Hey, hey, Brock, I know what your song for this one can be. Uh, Epi with a 21, I will go ahead and give you that you think Felix is still kind of rattled. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> the experience unsettled him. Poor guy. I'm just gonna... I'm just gonna lean over to Rook, who was also kind of looking. Mm-hmm. You think he's going to be alright after that? Hell, us three weren't too, us four weren't doing so hot the first time we went through either. He'll be okay. He just doesn't seem to take to being inconvenienced very well. Inconvenienced, I can understand. Thrown in some god library, that's a whole other deal. Oh, believe me, I know. But that's how he's thinking of it right now, I think. One and all of them. Alright. Rook. Yes. Fairy pops into your shoulder. Hi. Hi. Did you go somewhere? I couldn't sense you anymore. Yeah. That thing. I pointed at the obelisk. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. And you went into it? Yeah, it's a whole thing. I don't totally get it, but yeah. 
It's like going to another world or something. Wow. Well, I couldn't sense you, so, you know, I came right back here, so I'm sorry. I kind of disobeyed your orders, but... Hey, fairy. It's totally fine. Well, I mean, they, I just was really worried, because I couldn't sense you anymore, and, you know, we have kind of a bond, you know, because you cast a spell that makes us have a bond, and I couldn't sense you, and the last time I couldn't sense somebody, they died. I pet his little beautiful bird head. It's alright, buddy. I'm okay. We're okay. Okay, well... I left my post, so nobody's watching the stuff anymore, but, I mean, I don't think anybody's gonna find it. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. But, I think we're okay. Okay. Hey, Fairy. Yes? You're originally from the Feywild, right? Yes. Uh, Brock describes what he saw. I was like, does that sound like the northern part of the Feywild to you? Or is, is, do you think that's a different plane? I don't... Feywild doesn't really or have a north. cold part? It's, yeah, it's complicated. Like, it could be the winter court. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say, the winter court. Does it sound like the winter court to you? I mean, yeah. I mean, lots of snow, frost giants. Yeah, that sounds like the winter court. Thanks, Fairy. I mean, I haven't been. So, like, I just, you know, I know, but I've never been. Because it's not a nice place, right? It's got frost giants. Alright, so we can't rule that one out, at least. Thank you, Fairy. Yeah, no problem. The Fairy is kind of, you know that thing that birds do when they, like, fluff their feathers out and then nestle down? Mm-hmm. That's what Fairy does. Like, on your shoulder. It's so cute. So, now that that's done, what would you, the party, like to do? I liked Effie's idea of sleep. That was cool. I have zero spells. And no, I, I assume we got a long rest on that ride, didn't we? I mean, so part of a long rest needs to actually be sleeping. So, if you actually slept on the ride, sure. But I don't... It's up to you. I like sleeping. Yeah. I mean, Epi is definitely in really bad shape right now. Yeah, Epi still needs to rest. Brock wanted to go shopping, but I can do that on my own, or or, uh, do it the next day, whatever. I mean, I can walk to shops with you. He's just probably going to be sketching. (laughs) You you guys are welcome to go rest on your own. Go stay in my room in the castle ward. I just gotta go pick up better armor so I don't get my butt kicked as bad next time. I get that. I'll, uh, while you do that, I'll go check on my mom at the brothel. Sleep there. I, all I heard was sleep. I think I'm the one with Rook. I'll follow And he just, like, half-dazedly goes with. <laughs> okay. So, sounds like the party is splitting into two mini-parties, with Rook and Epi going to Rook's mom's house. <laughs> yep. And Brock and armbar going shopping. Which I'm sure will be absolutely fine. And I divvy up everyone's gold so that they all have their portion of the loot. I, I crunched I crunch the numbers and with the refund Felix gave us, we should each receive 388 gold plus what we already had. Cool. Okay. So. 
because we're a decent amount into this episode, I'm going to go ahead and say let's call this one. Because a lot happened already. The next episode will be our shopping episode. Yeah! And also, a bit of Rook's backstory. Nice. All of you eagerly awaiting that. The secret reason I went with. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I thought you were doing that because it was a brothel. Well, well, you, you know. Above you game. Know. I'm excited for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Epi literally just heard, we could also sleep there. And Epi's like, oh, cool, sleep. <laughs> yes. And Epi's going to go there and see titties. And it's going to be great. <laughs> well. Maybe. Well, I don't know what kind of brothel it is. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> and we will see you next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, you listen to Bar Rock Cafe. Get on to sassygamers.com and listen to more episodes. And become a patron. I'll read your cards. Do it. Patreon.com slash Bar Rock Cafe. Till next time.